Welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all a work. What a week this has been. What a week. This undoubtedly has been the strangest week in wrestling probably of all time. Yep. I mean, just like the one of the strangest weeks in, in just general. about all time. Yeah. Like, uh, everyone's living it, so I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've had... A pretty, pretty spicy, spicy one. Uh, so let's, I guess, start with uh, what we usually start with Dark. as of last episode, being the elite. Oh yeah, okay, I forgot about that. Oh gosh, what happened on being the elite this week? That was Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, there was like it, it was it was actually a fairly chill episode. Like there was a little bit of like storyline movement because like the you know you do kind of have to watch being the elite to get like some of the storyline movement sometimes, which is especially with the elite themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was, there was a whole segment where Tony and Matt acted as baristas. Yes. Yes, there was. I think Matt's finally getting the hang of it. Mm -hmm. uh, there was, there's just like a lot of like little bits. Um, I think this week was also the bit where um, Kenny Omega was trying to film a spot, but, Colt Cabano is in his shot. As a follow-up to last week's stuff, where he yes. completely told off Colt for no apparent reason. <laughs> there was just lots of little good things. And then um, yeah, Matt Jackson talked about, holy shit, everything's really weird. Yeah. We understand that this is a position nobody wants to be in. But we're going to keep making shows. As much as they oh, can. Oh yes, we got a public swole announcement. What was the public school announcement? I don't remember. <laughs> I remember it being good. But, yeah. But I didn't take notes on BT again. Neither did I. <laughs> I fun fun part about this podcast is I don't take notes. I take all the notes. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um oh yeah, no. The the PSA was deodorant is the thing, use it. <laughs> always good advice yes and I've it like been... spans fandom to fandoms too it 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 applies to gaming conventions it applies to anime conventions it applies to wrestling it applies to church probably <laughs> i'm gonna assume so i it's been a fucking decade since i've set foot in a catholic church and if i have to again Within the next hundred years, it's too soon. I think it's been almost fifteen years for me. Eee. Um, we also had a very interesting free the delete. Oh, before that, there was one other thing from being delete where they followed up on Nick Jackson a little bit. Brandon Cutler was going to go and see him at the hospital and tried to convince Hangman to go. Right. Sorry. Who? Hangman. Thank you. 
He's trying to convince Hangman Page to go. And there was definite look of he wanted to and understood it was the right thing to do, but ultimately didn't. Yeah, basically just like, hey, you know, like, it would be a good thing if you came. And it's like, yeah, I should, but... But no, no, uh, you go, I'll stay. Yeah, and like, I think that it's, I don't know, I feel like they're almost kind of winding that storyline down a little bit. Yeah, as we see on um, Dynamite this week, they do come to what seems to be a little bit of a resolution or just another firing off point. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's working thus far. I just feel like they need to do something with it. Yeah, no, it it's definitely to, to the point now where everyone's understood. They just have to pull the trigger on it. That was the other thing they talked about this week was, um, hey, did you watch the video of that match from Revolution? Yep. It did really you did watch look the like they, they were all going to super kick me. <laughs> yeah, did you watch it to the end? And that was all, it, I'm pretty sure, like, that was Brandon Cutler just, hey, did you watch it to the end? Yeah. So I like the place that Cutler has as, like, bringing a bit more story to the episodes. I'm still waiting for that first W, though. He's going to get it. We believe. I firmly believe that Brandon Cutler will get the dubs. He will get one W. One W. One more than Peter Avalon. One fucking W, boys. (laughs) That's all we need. (laughs) For this season not to be fucking embarrassing. It's got to be over Peter Avalon, though, right? Like... I definitely think so, yeah. If you see a match that's booked on, like, Dark or whatever that's supposed to be Peter Avalon versus Brandon Cutler, that's what's happening. Yep. Cutler has to go over at that point. Except if they they give Peter Avalon the win, because it would be funnier. (laughs) He'd just be insufferable then. I know. And I'd feel even more sorry for Leva. I know. Um, free the delete was pretty solid. This like I mean, like it was. There's it, it basically it was introducing Matt Hardy's new persona. Persona, Damascus. Essence. Yes, he's taking on an even older and even more powerful essence. After expelling Zenith, he's now taking on Damascus, who is more powerful and more violent, or whatever he said on Twitter today. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, like we have to get to that part because as of right now in the podcast recording timeline, it's still Monday. We don't know if Matt's actually joined AEW or not. I'm hopeful that he will, and it would be amazing if he did. <laughs> Uh, chat asks is, is Peter, does anyone else see Peter Avalon as the Charlie Chaplin of wrestling I he does do slapstick well he really it's does just, and he can really play off a lot of other even non-comedy wrestlers to to really good effect mm-hmm. I, it's, I, I don't know that I'd compare him to Charlie Chaplin but like he is definitely very talented and like I appreciate Peter Avalon for what he does speaking of which Dark. Dark, which started off with Peter Avalon. Versus Colt Cabana. Boom Boom Cabana. 
it's it's important that they're trying to put over that his new name is Colt Boom Boom Cabana, which just makes it sound like he went duty in his in his diaper. Isn't it? Hi, boom, I'm Colt boom, Cabana, Cabana, and I made Boom Boom. <laughs> oh goodness! Colt Cabana make Boom Boom in diaper. Oh, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed this. We will not be back. Cat <laughs> and I have to have a very serious talk about everything now. <laughs> oh, no, God. picturing all of the uh, My Hero Academia characters as professional wrestlers. I mean, they kind of are. And whether or not their hero persona would work as a wrestling gimmick. You pretty much just get Kaneko Man then, don't you? Yeah, no. Exactly that, actually. (laughs) God, I love that show. Such a weird show. And the Fox, uh, or no... The four kids dub. Oh god, that that's what I had, yep. Yep. Um that's the only reason I know what a dick dick is. <laughs> that's fair. They're like tiny little deer. They're adorable, but they have a very unfortunate name. <laughs> I do every once in a while post on Twitter that I am taking unsolicited dick dick pics. <laughs> Okay, um, so Colt Cabana versus, sorry, Colt Boom Boom Cabana versus Peter Avalon. So, in addition to Brandon Cutler eventually getting a W, eventually Peter Avalon is going to be able to talk before a match. No, that cannot happen. <laughs> it, it entirely... It'll be the same match. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I I could live with that. <laughs> it just, it, it, it very much feels like, um, you know, Peter Avalon shushes and then starts his heel banter and then they cut him off with the next person's music. Yep. And then he loses the match in like a minute. I mean, it's longer than that, but like... It's longer and more impressive than that, yeah. It's just like whenever Peter Avalon comes out and you hear the shh, you know you're about to see a man with a ponytail and a creepy mustache lose. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. So these two actually had a very good tentacle match, like at least in the beginning. Then it kind of spilled over the outside, came back in. Avalon hits a very high crossbody. Like he, I don't know how to put this. Like it was just impressively high how how high he jumped. Because mm-hmm. like Colt Cabana, sorry, Colt Boom Boom Cabana is not a small guy. No, he's definitely not. He's he's kind of built like a tank. What I did really like in this one, though, was at ringside, because this was filmed the week before, uh-huh. was two fans with shh signs. Yes, that was very good. And at one point, Leva actually takes one of them. <laughs> yes. This was after um, Colt Cabana had stolen one of Leva's books. And gently gave it back to her. 
Yeah, so he like he like sits up on the ring, he starts reading the book, Peter Avalon comes at him, he throws the book at Peter, like the book gets blocked and flies back into Colt's hands rather miraculously. <laughs> and then he, he hands the book back to Leva, book unharmed. Yep. She's like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> They're fans of each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that high cross was impressively high. Yep. The you know, the striking in this match was very good. Yeah, we got to see a lot of double chops and elbows from Cabana, which is always something I love to see. Mm-hmm. That's why they call him Boom Boom. Not because he made duty in his diapy. I can't handle this. We have to finish this Look, match I up. Been, I have been indoors all week with no one to talk to consistently. So this is the first human interaction I've had with any consistency this week. So you're going to have to deal with a lot of weird. I know. I know. I know. Um Oh, yeah. So there was um they they move on to the outside of the ring. Yeah, after um, Cole starts mounting a comeback. Right. Uh they have a Leva tug of war. I don't remember how Leva got up there to, to be honest at this point. I don't either. It's like I didn't even write in how she got up there. She just appeared between them and they started tug of warring over and eventually Colt uh, lets go. Colt lets go, and then Leva twirls and gets dipped by Peter Avalon, and they have, like, a tender moment. To which Colt Cabana then steals the kiss from mm -hmm. Avalon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Plants one on Peter Avalon, uh, attacks, and then rolls him up with a Superman pin for the finish. Yep. Very the good Superman opening match. The Superman pin was fun. It was, it was a fun match. Definitely like a good like crowd pleasing sort of opener for you know kind of what you want from a dark show. Mm -hmm. uh, got to give the people what they want, as they say. And we want Cole Cabana and Leva. <laughs> I just want Leva to actually wrestle. Yeah, that'd be nice. Okay, so our next match was TH two versus Cutler and Nakazawa. Yep, uh, Brandon's trying once again, bringing in Nakazawa, who has one more win than both him and Peter Avalon. Mm-hmm. He has infinitely more, an infinite greater percentage of wins. I have a note here that Cutler is still hoping Nakazawa will introduce him to wins like he did Kenny to Ibushi. <laughs> That's, okay, it, I don't, if people don't know that story, now it's our people do, but like... yeah. The first time Kenny went to Japan, he didn't know any Japanese. So Michael Nagazawa had to translate for him and Ibushi. And then Kenny and Ibushi fell in love and are in love to this day. <laughs> I won't define what kind of love it is because it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic love. No, nope, they could just be bros. Bro love. The most bro of bros. Bruv. That's why, <laughs> that's why people in the UK call you bruv. It's bro love. I'm going to need this confirmed, but I really don't want it because I think they're going to agree with you. <laughs> well, we can ask Moz. She'll know. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Moz will look at me like I have three heads. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so, yeah, no, like, TH2 are very good at what they do, and they're a lot of fun, and they're very impressive to watch. Yeah, they are, like, well-known names in Mexico. I wish they got more time on AEW. I understand that they're like, you know, 
only able to be there part time, so they kind of don't get like a ton of work. Yeah, but what they do is always so impressive. I love watching it. It it's like they work really well together. They each are very good on their own, mm-hmm. and then like it, it. I there's no complaints whatsoever about th two. Um, Michael Naka 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 Nakazawa does his thing which is to be honest the the whole like the way that they have to have Excalibur try to like <laughs> explain Turkish oil wrestling and just nobody on the commentary team buys into it and I think he keeps my... mentioning Hakan too which is a Street Fighter character <laughs> yes he does <laughs> It's very like I enjoy the like running gags that they have on the commentary team, to be honest. Just nobody understands Excalibur over there. <laughs> Excalibur's over there being like the, you know, he's voice young of and the hip new generation and making references to video games and internet memes or whatever. How old is Excalibur? I don't know. Okay, Excalibur is firmly a millennial. Yeah, that makes sense. So, he is 39. Okay, yeah, I can see it. Which is firmly a millennial. So in the match, we had Nakazawa getting isolated in TH2's corner very early on. Mm-hmm. And they held him there for a good long time. Yeah, like, the match was like, what, like seven minutes or so? And probably about half of it was just Nakazawa being Getting, targeted. Yeah. And, like, they lay the boots in pretty heavily early on. Yeah. Um, and Heliko starts to do, like, a submission move, if I am remembering this correctly. He did a couple. <laughs> yeah, and Nakazawa uses the oil to slip out. Yeah. He uses the oil, like, three times in a row to slip out of things and get a tag to Brandon Cutler. Yes, um, he, he slipped out of a double-team suplex, he slipped out of, there's a bunch that he slipped out of, it was very typically Michael Nakazawa. Yep. <laughs> but in that sense, also quite enjoyable. Um, yeah, Cutler does his thing, and like... Almost know, slips in the oil when he gets in. Yes. <laughs> but like, other than that, has like a very good match, and like, you know, he's doing good things and he's selling believably that he's he's a legitimate threat yeah it, it really is building off of the last couple of weeks against private party yes. where he's able to get in and really hold his own yeah no and it was like like i said it was a fun fun match uh but the 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 highlight spot being when nakazawa is going to mist th2 <laughs> a and an oil mist duck, and he oil mists brandon cutler which costs them the match yeah it automatically gives thq control back and evans hits a 630 mm-hmm. one of like three people who can one of three people i i, I didn't did, did i make note of that i think i messaged you when i was watching it about probably that. yeah so yeah there's uh there's evans there's sammy Guevara, uh there's me <laughs> Oh, uh, sorry. Yes, Aaron, you can absolutely do that. Uh, <laughs> I believe in you, Aaron. Go ahead. Um, 
I'll definitely, obviously, Ricochet can do that. Yeah, of course. Ricochet can do just about anything. Ricochet could almost assuredly just, like, pop a 900 out of nowhere and be like, yep, it's me, Ricochet. <laughs> you completely expected that. Uh, so, yeah, like, it's a solid match. Again, like, a good dark match. What you expect from a dark match. Yep. Yeah, you expect the bigger team to go over in a dark match. You're not going to have, like, too many upsets. But Brandon Cutler is getting there. He's, he's getting working there. his way up. He'll get there. So our next match is Penelope Ford versus Riho. And Kip Sabian makes such a good valet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that to me. Good, because it's in my notes, too. So, yeah, no, Kip Sabian's at ringside. So, of course, he's going to do Kip Sabian things the whole match. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, there's there's a lot of... It's it's a typical super bad versus someone match. Which almost sounds kind of bad to say. They just have a very predictable look to their matches. I meant more the super bad part. Like, no, it wasn't really that super bad. <laughs> I find it interesting that they haven't updated Penelope Ford's ring music even though she's no longer the Joey Janela's girlfriend angle. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, Riho does Riho things. The crowd obviously loves her because the crowd loves Riho. Yep. Um, she misses a V-trigger that was going to look really impressive. Re- the one in the corner, right? Yeah. Yep. But every time Riho would try to get any, like, real offense going her way, Kip would throw himself into the middle of it. Mm-hmm. At one point, they're just yelling at each other. It was it was pretty funny. I, I okay. So one, I know Kenny Omega is like a mentor for Riho, but it really just feels like she's just using all of his moves because she also hits some snapdragons. <laughs> kind of a little bit, but like she's good at them. Oh, she's so great I don't at feel bad about it. Which is why if they had, like, a mixed-gender tag match again, it would look really good. Yep. Because they work well together as a team who, like, uses similar moves and, like, has a similar set of, like, skills and stuff like that. It would, again, it would work really well. But yeah, in the end, Kip's interference was too much, and eventually uh, Penelope Ford did come away with the win. Mm-hmm. And on the replay, Taz gets out his uh, John Madden board. <laughs> yes, the 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 Tazomatic pen. Yep. And he wants to make very sure that you know when you do a fisherman suplex to get the best results, you got to go up on your toes, and you got to get your pelvis right to the ceiling. So he spends a lot of time circling Penelope Ford's ass. Yep. Yep, he does. <laughs> and like, I get it. From one good butt haver to another, Penelope Ford, I get it. But it was just a little it it I think there's moments where you see little bits of what wrestling's like kind of frankly sexist history is that yeah. still come through in some of the older generations. It still of, pops like, in. Yeah, it still comes up. And, like, I'd like to see less of that, and AEW has done a good job of reducing it, but I'd like to see them try to eliminate the, like, 
the at least the blatant examples. Yeah, definitely. Like the the spot that they did with Dustin kissing Jake Hager's wife or whatever was, was like very uncomfortable. Very not necessary for a pay per view in 2020. Yeah, felt very attitude era, and by that I mean it is like the worst possible way. <laughs> Like, I know people are nostalgic for the Attitude Era and everything like that, but it had a lot of really heinous shit. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it was it was not a good point for women's wrestling. No, it was not. But yeah, no, like, I, I feel like this match did a good job of making Penelope Ford look good. In a heel way, yes. Yes. It, there's, I think she just, if I'm being honest, she needs more like ring time like you know being out on the big and like obviously shit's weird right now so who knows what the fuck's gonna happen yeah but having her out there like you know doing in ring work will only improve what she has to offer like not for nothing but you know nyla had some rough patches in her technical performances like early on and you know giving the title to Riho made sense at the time. Nyla got more work in, got really good, and then got the title. Yeah. So, you know, just get more work in, polish it up, and I think Penelope Ford is going to look really, really good as soon as she breaks up with Kip Sabian. Because <laughs> he's just all over the place in her matches. It's, yeah, like... It'd be interesting to see one of the two of them win a match without interference. It would be, yeah. Because I've, I've seen both of them wrestle before, like for different mm-hmm. companies, and they are just, they're good. But they're, I understand it's heels being heels. It does right. get tiresome when it is so much. Right, and like, we'll save this for what's my beef. <laughs> but we'll come back to that. Okay, so our next match is our um, headliner here. The Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels versus Stuart. She she said that, not me. I want to make that very clear. I love you, Grayson. Versus Grayson. (laughs) Play her dose. Yep, play her dose, Stu Grayson. Stupefy. I can't remember any other names he's used. <laughs> I don't want to look it up now. <coughs> Ugh. This is the most I've talked in a week. I know, right? But yeah, I thought this whole match was like just a really good showcase of Grayson himself. Zombified. Oh, Stupefied. probably for zombie wrestling in Toronto. Generico Dose. Generico. Uh, that's a match I will have to find. Yeah, that's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up now. <laughs> I we gotta find that match. <clears throat> God, I'm dying. No, you're not. We do have to find that match though. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, I'm very curious now. Okay, so um, yeah, well, where were we? Oh, Christopher Daniels versus Stu Grayson. Yep. Where Grayson spent a good part of the beginning. Going out to the outside before eventually getting some momentum build up and just landing big heavy moves on uh, Daniels. Mm-hmm. 
including a uh, sent on to the apron while exclaiming, this is fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. That was just such a good showing of the character of Grayson right there. <laughs> yes. No, like, because he, he hasn't had a ton of characterization to this point. Eva Luna gets, you know, most of the mic time and everything yeah. like that. But like the this is fun was like, okay, so he just really enjoys this whole violence thing. <laughs> he huh? really is just born and bred for combat. Gotcha. All right. I I like this uh there's like a lot of like good back and forth in this match um grayson countering an angel's wings yep which was a lot of fun um the running knee strike which we're not calling it kinshasa <laughs> for copyright reasons yeah that, that was at one point where daniels threw him to the apron he ran to the opposite corner hit a swinging ddt on his way mm -hmm. in and then the running knee and got two, if it my was, notes are to be believed. Yes, it was. There was like Pele kicks. There was there was just a lot in this match. He even stole the best moonsault ever. Mm -hmm. Ended up missing with it. But Daniels only got two off of Angel Wings after that because Grayson got his foot on the rope for being so close. Got his foot under the rope. Right, under the rope. Which technically is still out of bounds. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like, there's, there was like a solid back and forth in this match. Creeper pops up. Yeah, Creeper came in at the end to just try and distract Daniels. Grayson got very mad at that. Yeah, that was not uh, his place to be out there. <laughs> no, he, he wanted to do this match by himself. Yep. Oh, also, it's worth noting at the beginning of the match, the Dark Order and SCU come out. And then immediately get booted. Yeah, the ref wasted no time with that. It's like, look, I get it, but none of you are staying out here. I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> Daddy's tired. Everyone go to bed. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was it was very good. Um, so yeah, uh, Christopher Daniels counters the nightfall into a crucifix, rolls him up for three. Yep. The creeper on the other side immediately jumps in onto Daniels. Then SCU and Colt and the Dark Order all come out and they just brawl out. Daniels jumps onto a microphone calling out Uno now that he's beaten Grayson, saying that he still doesn't see an exalted one around here. Mm hmm. There, yeah, basically, there is no exalted one, you goober. I'll beat you up next. Yep. Evil Uno says, Yeah, well. You smell bad, and then runs away. <laughs> Very Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I so thought that the, was a really good episode of Dark. No, it was a very good, very good episode of Dark. It felt well-paced, which is a good comparison versus last week. Yes. Because last week's episodes did feel draggy. Yeah. But not in the Yas Queen sense. Oh, no. 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 Erin, I cannot be stopped. I know you can't. I've tried. <laughs> You've tried. You've tried choke slamming me. What else? I've tried body That's... slamming you. Mm -hmm. You haven't tried your 630 yet. No. I tried a mandible claw. 
that one didn't work because it turns out you can still bite them. And and you kind of enjoyed that one anyway. <laughs> that was Emma who enjoyed that. Thank you. No, no, Emma wasn't impressed at all with it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so anyway, do we want to talk about dynamite? Yes, we or, do. Before we do that, let's let's go to the mid roll. Mid roll, mid roll. Everybody's talking about the mid roll, mid roll, mid roll. It is really gay. Okay, so what do we have upcoming for projects? You're the one with projects going. <laughs> Am I? I haven't worked on uh, the Cobalt Detectives in a bit. I've had a busy month. Yeah, it's been a weird time. Um, now that we have a bit more time, I'm going to be working on... That's who am I kidding? I'm going to be playing Animal Crossing! <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I plan on doing a bit of work on Unsound Theories still. Um, now's a good time for me to really, like, deep dive into my planned horror podcast. Yep. Start recording episodes of that. Keep an eye out for announcements about a new upcoming horror show called Never a Prophet on Sosa's media, social media. I like that name. You came up with it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, other than that, if... You check out my itch.io page, itch.io. You will find that all of my games are currently free. Since we're all cooped up, it probably makes a lot of sense for us to take some time to play some games over the internet, and tabletop RPGs are perfect for that. I will also take a moment to plug, just, just for the heck of it, I'd like to plug Arnie Parrot at, I believe his website is ATPTunes. Dot com. You can also check out his um, fucking SoundCloud where you can hear a song that he wrote for Campaign Podcast about a jellicle cat named Otto Van Von Veen. Which, to be honest, sounds like a reasonable name for a wrestler. <laughs> yep. From these prestigious Von Veen family. <laughs> the Van Von Veen family. <laughs> it's I'll link it in the show notes almost assuredly. But listen to that later. You'll, <laughs> you'll hate me for it. Alright, back to the show? Back to the show. Yay! Anyway, that's not what we're doing. We're going back to the podcast. Where we have a very, very strange episode of Dynamite. Uh, yep. Because this is the week where wrestling started to go crowdless. Yeah. Now, they paid attention to the other crowdless shows that had been happening from WWE, from, uh, what was the one over in England? I know it was hosted by WrestleTalk on YouTube. But they did a show and they took notes from that and kind of like they put out the best one they could. And to be honest, it was a pretty fun match and not match. Pretty fun show. (laughs) It was a pretty fun show. Yeah, they really they really made gold from this. Yes, they spun the shitty situation that we're all in into gold. Yeah. And it started out with 
like a semi shoot interview Cody did in the middle of the ring about current events and then went into blood and guts when Matt Jackson and Kenny Omega start joining him. Mm-hmm. And then eventually hangman is gets called out and Matt Jackson wants to know if, uh, if they can actually rely on him for blood and guts doesn't actually get in the ring. He just kind of lifts his glass of whiskey that he has. He does his little hangman tip. Yeah. So like you, you get the, uh, you get the idea that he understands what's going on. And he agrees. Right. And like, there's there's a lot of like it, it's a weirdly tender moment for wrestling, but yeah. Like, in a way that is, it's like one of the things that has been the most enjoyable part of watching AEW is how like when they start to do that little bit of like when when they start to go a little shoot, it always feels really heartfelt. Yeah, they like, don't hold back. Yeah, they're doing this because it's what they love to do. And they're having a blast doing it. Now, for the show itself, they actually had a bunch of the other wrestlers around the ringside. So it didn't quite feel like a no-crowd show. Right. It felt more like a very small local. It it, it felt very like... Um, it, it, these guys are doing it for fun. And like they're hanging out with their friends a little bit. But like their friends happen to have faces and heels which the crowd was broken up into <laughs> which was which wasn't I, I i didn't mind it um so yeah it was cool to see how they like in a show that could be as quiet as a no crowd show mm-hmm. how they handled like commentary ring calling and like interviews too because like you just walk out of the ring and there's tony doing an interview (laughs) he was all over that arena all night Mm -hmm. it was really cool it was it was very enjoyable and like like i said you know they took the crappy everything that was going on in the world like turned it into a very good episode because a lot of these things were like felt very unique yes so yeah like the the whole atmosphere felt surprisingly full yes like it may have been an empty arena and everything like that but it felt surprisingly full because there are a lot of big personalities in aew (laughs) yes there are some will outshine all the others uh speaking of big personalities tony does an interview with mjf mjf says he's not wrestling because the money doesn't matter to him so why should he bother yeah and then MJF and Sean Spears are gambling all night. Mm-hmm. It was it was good, like heel versus heel in a way that felt very like you know. There's two different kinds of heel in this situation. Yes. Yeah, you have Sean Spears who just wants to win, and you have MJF who is just an asshole. <laughs> and. Those two, gambling on the side of the ring, almost completely stole the show. Absolutely. I say almost because the matches were still amazing. No, the matches were very good. Um, We got a Death Triangle video package before the interview, and then we got to see the Lucha Bros versus the Best Friends. 
with Orange Cassidy on commentary. Yep. Which I, I don't know if they should do that much anymore. It is very hard for the rest of the commentary team to get anything in around him. Right. It's really it, it's, it's it's kind of distracting, really. Yeah, it's like, you know, it, in it's like in Deep Space Nine how um sorry, nerd alert, but like in Deep Space Nine, how like you you can't have a scene in Quark's bar because Morn just keeps talking over everyone and just never shuts up with his <laughs> stories. <laughs> okay, uh, break a kayfabe for a moment. Um, the character of Morn was <coughs> specifically a Cheers reference. Because <laughs> his name is Norm backwards. Yeah, I kind of caught that already. Uh anyway. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, no, Orange Cassidy had all of his commentary cough buttoned out. Yep. Uh but yeah, so you know there's a there's like it's a best friends versus Lucha Bros match. Yeah, it, it's an AEW tag match. It's very good, it's very hard hitting, it's very fast. Mm-hmm. If you blink, you miss it. Yeah, there's a lot of if you blink you miss it in AEW. Yeah. I actually have a note of one in the next match. <laughs> uh but yeah, so like there's you know, there's like a pretty solid brawl and like okay, one thing we've got to talk about is Penta's mask. How it looks amazing. How it looked like Venom. Exactly. He's had that one for a couple weeks now. And it looks amazing. I'm This was the first time seeing it in action in a match in a while though and it looked really good in ring i've been curious how difficult it is to see out of because the one side is like meshed to look solid and the other's open see this okay so this is the first week that i've noticed that mask so maybe i just haven't been paying close enough attention (laughs) to pentagon's mask maybe i mean that's not hard to do he keeps getting it pulled off in triple (laughs) a It's like there's a lot of very like like the, to circle back. This is the lead off match to the way wrestling has to temporarily reinvent itself. Yeah, and a strong, energetic tag match with the team that they're pushing as a legitimate threat to the tag division and the triples division, such as it may be, is the the team that they're like you know having them win makes sense like i enjoyed the ring banter i enjoyed the outside of the ring banter it it was a little weird it you know like you kind of have to relearn what you're doing when everyone can hear you in the ring again yep you you gotta go back to your your beginning there yeah you know you gotta like you gotta start channeling sexy chucky t versus (laughs) the swamp monster yep fucking swamp monster i okay chuck tweeted earlier this week something about how like it's emma just sent me something really weird and i don't yeah (laughs) we looked at it at the same time yes we did yeah so chuck chuck tweeted out earlier this week or last week or something like that where it's like you know as God is my witness, I will make sure that Swamp Monster is on an episode of AEW Dynamite. 
And I really hope so. I hope so. Because really, what AEW needs is more Chikara guys. <laughs> just like, just find every Chikara guy you can and bring him in. It'll work out. Yep, it'll be fine. Actually, though, it would be fine. I know it would. Bring in gentleman yeah, so Jervis, please. The um, the the finish is exactly you know like there's there's a lot of death triangle being death triangle but like it kind of proved that if you've got banter loud hits and like good in-ring action this format can work yes and then it it all leads up to trent getting kicked squarely in the dick for a win (laughs) yes um (laughs) Which then leads to Chucky e. T saying dick on national television. <laughs> Which is almost as good as Chucky e. T saying shit. Yep. You're just gonna kick my friend in the dick? Yep, they are. I be- <laughs> it was very, very good. <laughs> so yeah, Lucha Bros go over in this one. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Best friends immediately are challenging them to a street fight on the next Dynamite in an actual street or parking lot, I think it's going to be. Yes, so in the parking lot. So I assume they're going to be having it at the same building again next week if there is a show, if the country's not on complete lockdown at that point. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But most likely it will be still happening at the uh, at Daly's place. So, like, having it... Yeah, so, like, if they have it in the Daily's Place parking lot, they have it in the Daily's Place parking lot. Yep. If not, we wait until wrestling can start happening again, I guess. Yep. Um, hey, on air audible, I'm going to call it as loud as possible so everyone in the audience can hear it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Cena Aang here. Um, what do you think about doing, like best matches if there isn't wrestling for a week like historic matches we can watch them like good old indie stuff yeah we can do some of that i know fight network is doing um discount on selected companies mm-hmm. pay-per-views i don't think new japan is in there but i'll double check i mean heck basically i, already... I would just i i would not be opposed to doing a generico special okay so i'll go wanna... get my blue bootleg dvds <laughs> If we want to just go ahead and like the bootlegs yeah, are so, not the best matches, no, but <laughs> but like, they're there. We'll figure it out. Yep. Anyway, our next match is a women's match between Hikaru Shida, Riho, Chris Statlander, and Penelope Ford. So, like all the top contenders for the title right now, or at least Top-ish. seem like they could be. Yeah. Ford is rising. Sheeta's like the number one contender. Statlander just had a title shot. Rio's a former champion. It's like it's a very strong matchup. Right. Like it it all it, it's it was interesting to see like how they kind of like worked against each other and together and like there's all all sorts of little like like good moments and like for me like what makes a good wrestling match are the Okay, 
so we're gonna get into aesthetic theory and kind of talk a little bit out of our asses right now because that's <laughs> what i'm really really good at doing um we're so good at wrestling psych- psychology theory <clears throat> no this is not wrestling psychology theory this is entirely me just being a pretentious philosophy student um oh so like the way that these matches work and what makes for me wrestling entertaining is the way that like each match can be told in little pictures and like you know each spot is its own little picture that tells the story of the match so you could theoretically look through an image gallery if someone was running like you know a photo every time there was a spot and you'd figure out basically what happened during that match and like this had a lot of those good little pictures and that's kind of what makes an entertaining match for me is those like you know you can have like a super hype finish or you can have a regular finish as long as you've got the spots to tell a story it works and this is kind of what this match did it was you know you don't want to bury anyone in this match so they all get their little bits of you know this is someone you want to keep watching so i enjoyed it i agree (laughs) other than that um that time fell before really badly botched that rana i've yeah but that's gonna happen it's gonna happen like i don't think it takes away from her i think again it speaks to what we said earlier that like you gotta work out the ring rust a little bit because she hasn't been working that much at least least not for AEW, not in front of like the live tv cameras right and there's a whole layer of added anxiety to working in front of tv cameras yep i don't care who you are like like this little webcam right now is pretty intimidating maybe hey this is going out to the internet but that's (sighs) a potential big audience i'm used to it i know you are I did particularly like in this match early on when Statlander and Sheeta went for the suplex they did mm-hmm. last week. And it actually caused Sheeta to go for a pin on Statlander early. Mm-hmm. So they kind of start wrestling together as well. Right. I also appreciate that they like did their best to keep Kip out of the match. They all took a lot of turns smacking him around. <laughs> Every time he would jump up. I don't... I enjoy watching it. Now, that said, there was a couple points where he was just blatantly involved. Mm -hmm. And something really should have been done from, like, a rules points perspective. Like, I know it's wrestling, the rules are fake and don't matter. But it is kind of breaking when you see him jumping up and intentionally getting involved in a match with no repercussions immediately from the official involved right and like especially when aew does try to sell itself on it's i mean like this has gone out the window a long time ago (laughs) but they did talk about how they wanted it to be wrestling as a sport not sports entertainment yes this match also did feature where i mentioned earlier that i blinked and sometime in that blink sheeta hits a knee for the pin (laughs) yes I think I had to look over to my to my other monitor for some reason, and in the split second it took me to go back, I'd missed the, the finish. I had to wait for the replay <laughs> of what just happened. Yeah, 
but you know like uh so having sheeta win was the right call yep she is the number one contender you know if you want to make it a nyla rose versus hikaru sheeta championship match at whatever next championship event you have this is the good this is the right way to set it up once double or nothing supposed to be um oh i think it's like may that's short for maybe (laughs) possibly do i not have it in here i don't seem to have it in here let's look it up saturday may 23rd oh yeah there it is so yeah they, they have time to build up from where we are now yes i'm excited i'm hopeful yep and i think they have a good opportunity to continue building the women's division yes they really do uh particularly now uh, you know like b Priestley versus nyla is a good setup for a non for a title match that you know lets nyla retain yeah a very not usual setup having a heel in a heel mm-hmm. but then off of this still you have uh big swole and Britt baker mm-hmm. getting something going as well so there's like a lot going on in the women's division right now yeah no it's and it's good i will never complain about more action in the women's division yes um then we have well before the next match we had a, had an interview with colt cabana right where colt cabana gets interviewed by tony and then kip shit talks him yeah because he, and... he's saying that it's a shame that uh, kip gets involved in his girlfriend's matches so much so Kip tries to start stuff and Colt just slaps him. So that's going to be a match. Yes. That's going to be a fun match. Is what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I would still like to see MJF versus his dad. Eventually. We will get there. <laughs> I think either Colt Cabana has to get built up more or MJF has to get paid, has to like get brought down after getting cody getting payback or something like that yeah but like i don't think that there's much i don't know i i'm gonna be honest i like what they're where they're going with cody now more than i'm like the mjf angle was great oh it was beautiful it was wonderful but they can let that simmer for a bit yeah they can let they can put that on the back burner yeah they don't have to go back to that immediately that can come up another time Right, that can go on the back left burner on a four-burner hob, which is the burner that I use the absolute least. Same, now that I think about it, I should keep the utensil bowl there. <laughs> so, yeah, that one's that one's over there, simmering away. Because I'm, like, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, like, the, the build-up for Cody versus Lance Archer is going to be... Like, that match is going to be so good. Yeah. That that is going to be a lot of great promos between Cody and Jake Roberts. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Like, more than an actual match. <laughs> I'm really excited to see Lance Archer in action. But I'm really, really excited for Cody and Jake on microphones. So, yeah. No, that's going to be a lot of fun watching cody and jake roberts cut promos against each other and like it's two guys who are very good at mic work yes 
and then Lance Archer, who looks like he'll actually turn you inside out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lance Archer, who actually turned a bunch of guys inside out. Uh, yep, for his little vignette piece that they showed off. But we're not there yet. We no. are still at the part where we have the Moxley interview. Mox is not cleared to compete. Very upset about it. Gets into but his four GT. Yeah, he yeah he drives off into the sunset after saying, "I'll do whatever the fuck I want because I'm John Moxley." Yeah, I'm gonna stay in your blind spot inner circle. Now, when I heard that, it almost sounded like he was saying that he would be the fifth member of the elite for blood and guts. That was what I felt the implication might have been. Yeah, but he does so like. I know we've talked about this and how, like, theoretically, he could, like, he could have done that. And, like, you know, him, have him basically just, like, come out and be like, you know, hey, fuck you. I'm here for me, not for you. Yeah. Even, like, he'd even turn on, like, Kenny Omega or he's he's got history with Kenny, though. Like, I don't know. I like the angle that they went with my thought is that um given that he did recently have that whole MRSA thing they are keeping him away from competition yeah because they are keeping him away from potential sources of infection yeah which makes total sense i'm not going to complain about that ever no just i think one of the things that like and we'll circle back to this after we talk about this next match um but like the vibe that i've been getting is that a lot of the things that happened this week happened the way they did because of where the world is right now it wasn't the original story yeah it's probably not the original timeline they had set up but right you know you work with, with what you have right you know you don't expect Kenny Omega to win the title back, but also have a broken hand and be out for a month. Yeah. You don't expect the world to have to stop for a month. Yep. So you make do with what you have. So our next match was... The Butcher and the Blade taking on Jurassic Express. Yes. No bunny, no Marco stunt. Yep. Um. So (laughs) we start with a good little spot where mjf pays off the butcher and the blade to kill jurassic express <laughs> more or less yep <laughs> he took a little bit of his uh gambling winnings there and passed it off um so yeah like it was a very double teamy sort of match yeah there wasn't a whole lot of ref control in it no and they were kind of just left to go on their own which kind of worked for them i feel no for sure yeah like, especially for the Butcher and the Blade, the less organized kind of tag match really played to their strength and showed them off. Yeah, and, like, there's there's just, like, a lot of good, you know, bits to this match. Like, the back and forth of control, Jungle Boy being the hot tag again. Of course. I, I love Jungle Boy as a hot tag. He's very good. <laughs> uh, But, yeah, like, there's... There's a lot of good back and forth. There's a lot of interesting double team. Luchasaurus kicks people in the face, which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, speaking of double teams, there's a double team Uranagi 
at at near the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Not something you see every day. Nope. Um, MJF calls for full death. Yep. Which backfires because he distracts the butcher and the blade, and Luchasaurus gets in some tail whips. Yep. Then they get get it back in the ring. Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus uh, hitting up Blade. Luchasaurus goes for the pin. Jungle Boy actually jumps to the outside, but like it's a really weird dive. Yeah, because it looks like Butcher was supposed to get up. Right, I think that was the original spot. Was the Butcher supposed to have been standing? Yeah, but, but he was down for some reason so that I Jungle I'm... Boy run. Jungle Boy bounces off the ropes like he's about to go for a tope and has to be like fuck my man's not there yeah so he, he climbs out of the ring and kicks him a bit instead but and they could score the three yes it was the ending felt like it was a bit off yeah there's definitely a misstep there i don't know right. if it's because uh butcher got injured at the end there totally possible totally possible i'm not gonna like i haven't you know, heard anything else about it all week so it may have just been that someone forgot their cue yeah it happens it's a live event what the fuck do you want you know <laughs> i want uh, what comes after this match that's what uh, i yes. want so uh the dark order arrives heralding the the exalted one the exalted is very one. near and, and Kazarian Daniels interrupt him getting up to the ramp. Mm-hmm. And then a video breaks into them. That doesn't... A video cuts them off. <laughs> yes, a video cuts them off. And we see a hooded figure. And, and a, distorted a distorted voice. voice. As he starts to talk about, like, how the the Dark Order has been not what he envisioned thus far and he's coming back to bring order to the dark order and let everyone know that when they refuse the dark order's call there are consequences and as his voice starts to undistort he pulls back his hood and surprise it's brody lee i'm brody lee and i am the exalted one there's also a very good spot where he says christopher daniels you'll not go unpunished you're not the first out of touch old man to not believe in me. <laughs> Which really caps off to understand what this Dark Order storyline kind of is on a personal level. Right. It, it's Brody Lee taking all the undesired wrestlers and all the underappreciated wrestlers and giving them a spot. Because... Giving them a place and a family. Yep. Now, And if there's anyone who felt the ire of an old man touch old man it's christopher daniels <laughs> now there was one thing in here where the camera didn't quite cut to the video fast enough from the rampway mm-hmm. and so you actually can see Brody lee coming out for a split second <laughs> <laughs> yeah they cut that from the rebroadcast oh good i'm glad uh, watching it live i got to see that but yeah, it cuts back to the ring. Brody Lee's in there between Uno and Grayson. And they take down SCU like nothing. Mm-hmm. Surprise, when you've got Brody Lee in the ring, it's a lot easier to take down SCU. <laughs> He's just gonna shit kick you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it was very good. I enjoyed that spot a lot. We next have um, Tony Tornay. tries to view Lance Archer <laughs> interview. <laughs> Tony is like, "Hey, Lance, can I look at you?" <laughs> what a weird interaction! To, Please stop. I'm this. trying to view you here. <laughs> oh, oh God, I'm so tired. Oh, I haven't even been drinking. We could change that though. Jeez. Oh, um. Yeah, Tone is out with Lance Archer trying to get an interview, and Jake Roberts cuts him off, saying, "No, he doesn't Lance talk. Here to talk. I do the talking." Lance Archer is here to kick people's face in. Yep. And it's like, oh, yes, give me that. It's it's amazing. Uh, Jake talk. Jake talks about how he feels disrespected that Cody never gave him an answer. Yep. Talks about how. It's like spitting in his face. And all he hears is Cody and his friends bitching. Uh, challenges him to shut me up if you can. Because it's personal now. Yeah. Then we get a Lance Archer video package where he kills people at the Murder Hawk Mansion. Uh, supposedly it's actually Darby's place. Yeah, which makes sense. It does kind of look like the same kind of setting as Darby's videos. Yeah. Um... And they have, like, a picture of Cody stuck to a board with a knife or whatever, or an awl. I think it's an awl. Yeah. That says Caesar on it. This whole spot was fucking awesome. It it was, like, just artsy enough for me to get that hipster edge off of it. Right. <laughs> so, we're, we're calling Lance Archer Murder <laughs> Hawk now. Yep. Um... All Jake wants is a good salad. <laughs> He's really sick of Caesar and he wants Thousand Island. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Um, So we get basically the card for the next Dynamite. Yep. They are very careful to not say next week. No, they, they've been always saying next Dynamite. Particularly now when we're not sure when the next dynamite is. Yep. So we have Wardlow versus Luz. Ver- <laughs> Aaron, you want to take that one? Wardlow versus Dr. Luther. No. Nope. I don't have it written down. <laughs> we have Wardlow versus Luchasaurus in a lumberjack match. Oh, yep. I tried to go up what you said. <laughs> I-, I-, I said virtues. Because I started saying Luchasaurus before I finished uh, verses. Okay. <laughs> um, so we have Wardlow versus Luchasaurus in a lumberjack match. Blood and guts. I do remember best, the street fight from Best Friends versus Lucha Bros in a street fight. Yep. And I think that's all we have booked for now. I assume that blood and guts is gonna take a while. Yeah. Like just getting everyone out there mm-hmm. is like twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's probably going to be like a 40 minute match, knowing everyone involved. So uh, we have the Blood and Guts Advantage <laughs> match next. The Elite versus the Inner Circle with Jericho on commentary. And Jericho on commentary. Perfection. Oh, yeah. Like whenever Jericho decides to, quote, retire from in ring work, because wrestlers never really do. 
Like he he has commentary in his future. Absolutely. It's just so funny and so engaging. So like um yeah, so this match is Hager, Santana, and Ortiz versus Cody, Matt Jackson, and Hangman. Adam, um, hand wash, Paige. Hand wash. Been social distancing since November. Yeah, there's a lot of... I love whoever does those cards. <laughs> they obviously love doing it. I know. Um, so, Sammy's at ringside. <laughs> yes, he is. And he... And MJF and Sean Spears all do a karaoke rendition of Judas as Jericho comes out. To Sean start Spears doing for commentary. a little bit. He was too busy eating. He found craft services. <laughs> um, and let's just say that Sammy is doing the right job for his skill set. Oh my god! You know what? Just give him a Grammy. Especially when they handed him the mic and it was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. There was a point where I thought Jericho was going to go and get the mic from Sammy. <laughs> yes, I'd say he says, Sammy's a great wrestler. <laughs> Sammy's a really great wrestler. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> oh, so the match itself was kind of interesting because I spent a lot of it watching Paige and Matt Jackson. Like, right, and their interaction. Cause, like, I'm pretty sure you're you're meant to. Right, we had and we had Kenny Omega and Arn Anderson at ringside for the Elite. Yep. But yeah, there was which, a lot of quick, quick tags between Matt and Cody, and then Paige just taking blind tags off Matt when he could. Mm-hmm. Which was, like, very interesting. There was a brief spot with um mjf getting like plowed into and then wardlow grabs cody and then Ryan anderson comes and hits him with a clipboard <laughs> the waffle house menu <laughs> the waffle house menu. <laughs> <laughs> no see he's the he's the clipboard master and so when you have the clipboard that means you set the meeting rules <laughs> i'm not gonna get into all of that that's entirely for general muckery at the end yeah um but kind of similar to uh the th2 versus brandon and nakazawa match most of this was cody getting beat up yeah just like a, a disturbingly of... long time cody likes doing that i know he does um one of my the um matt hitting those series of rolling northern light suplexes was very good. Yep. And then getting the assist from Paige on taking it Hager. Oh uh, yeah, that was near the end, wasn't it? Yeah. That felt like okay, it shows that they're still able to work together. It it shows they could communicate really well cuz Matt looked a little bit surprised coming up from that. Mhm. Mm and then tells Paige to get set up for an indie taker. Yeah. Which unfortunately doesn't happen because Hagar pulls Paige's leg down and Santana rolls up Matt for a three. Mm -hmm. But the idea that at the end of this match, Hangman and Matt are communicating enough to set up an indie taker is something and very special in this storyline. Right. They It shows that they have an understanding as performers where 
if they could just stop fucking hating each other, they could make a really good team. Yep. Like, it, there's a reason this is the elite. <laughs> right. So, Inner Circle win the match, which means they have the advantage at Blood and Guts, which I assume means that their final guy is the last one to go in. Uh, I think it means their, their guys come in first. Because it'll be the two of them. Bottleneck, right. And then three will be two elite, two inner circle members and one elite, then an elite member, then an inner circle, etc., etc. And that's kind of just how these matches go. The heels always have the advantage going in. Because otherwise it would be boring. If the faces have the advantage going in, then it doesn't mean anything when they win. They don't tend to press that advantage either. Because <laughs> right. they're the good guys. So um, we have some like good little post match moments. Jericho bans all dipshit fans from <laughs> a future AEW shows. There's only four of the elite for blood and guts because it's yep because Nick Jackson's out in injured quote right Nick's out injured. Is Kenny gonna be back for that? Uh. He gave an interview at some point during this. I can't remember if it was on the YouTube show or not. I think he said... He had basically like one to two weeks, maybe a month on the hand. Yeah, so it sounds like he's going to get cleared fairly soon. Yeah. So depending on when the next Dynamite happens, we'll see that. Um, But... But as Jericho was talking about having the man advantage, in addition to the match advantage... There's a very weird, like, buzzing noise in the in the speakers, like that. Yeah, it's almost like, a, oh, you know what it was? A drone. It was Vanguard One showing up in the middle of the ring. Oh my goodness, Vanguard One! <laughs> when did we last see Vanguard One? Uh, sometime during Free to the Elite, which came out 15 minutes into <laughs> Dynamite this week. Yeah, that was weird timing. <laughs> Um, so Free the Delete ends with, um, Matt Hardy with, <coughs> what's his new persona again? I can't remember. Damascus. Damascus, thank you. I wanted to say Budapest. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Um, so it ended with Matt Hardy slash Damascus saying Vanguard 1, take me to Albion or something like that. Yeah in a very matt hardy-ish way and surprise vanguard one shows up oh goodness that means it's matt hardy and then like there's a music sting and they cut to like up in the stands and matt hardy is like making weird mouth movements he's he's very broken matt right now (sighs) delete 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 but he's also got his hair is his hair is red now yep not gray. He's got that nice red streak. Which is, I assume, symbolic of Damascus. I would think so. But what a way to go out on the show. So yeah, the um, Matt Jackson says, well, I called the guy who owes me a favor. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have Matt, Matt, Ken, and Cody versus the elite, versus the inner circle in a blood and guts match. And Damascus is supposed to be older and more violent than uh, previous essences. To go back to what Matt Hardy said. So I'm very much looking forward to this when it happens. 
it's gonna be typically Matt Hardy weird. Oh, of course. But like, I love Broken Matt. <laughs> I it, it was love Broken Matt Hardy. It it's just such a good departure and recreation of himself. Like I I cannot honestly say when he first came out with it. What was that like? Five six years ago. Let's track. Matt Hardy, TNA, The Broken Universe, started in 2016. Okay. So, yeah, so four years ago, um, when that came out, I actually had a few other wrestling fans around me at the time who really didn't get it. And they're like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen him do. He's just go back to the Team Extreme stuff. And I'm like, no, this is amazing. <laughs> Watch, pay attention. It's... It's like, a, it's a very surreal performance art, and I love it. Yes. He's completely re-engineered himself, so he doesn't have to take the risk he did in Team Extreme. And right. he can still go out and push a wrestling match through. Now, it's interesting that Matt and Jeff are with different companies right now. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, WWE will see the competition that matt is doing and choose to push jeff instead of punishing him so um let's take a step back break kayfabe again for a second and just like good work jeff on getting clean like yes. that's a hard journey and he put in a hell of a lot of work and i'm proud of him i think our entire listening audience is proud of him really should be or if you're not stop listening to the podcast you're a bad person <laughs> so i am you know like if jeff needs to stay where he is for the consistency as part of his recovery that's all right yeah and i don't think wwe is going to punish him for matt leaving the company after his contract expired see you'd think that then you remember who runs the company right Especially now that they demoted Trips. Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay, speaking of which, let's move on to what's my beef. Okay. Kat, what is your beef this week? Uh, I forget my beef. <laughs> Go first. Um, my beef this week is more to do with WWE and how long it took them to finally move WrestleMania. Like, yes, which we're now jokingly calling WrestleMania. Are we? That's what I saw on Twitter. Oh my goodness. Because WrestleMania is now taking place over multiple days. Yes. Which, honestly, they should have been doing a while ago. Because the show is so goddamn long. It's like an eight-hour pay-per-view. I can't deal with it. Like, but you know what I can deal with? Two four-hour pay-per-views on different days. Mm-hmm. You know? Kind of like New Japan does with Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. That was very easy to sit through. But just how long it took them to get to that decision is just... Really, it it's borderline irresponsible. I don't disagree. Yeah. So that's my beef this week. What was my... I had a beef, and I can't remember it now. Um... There's a lot of Animal Crossing on my timeline. <laughs> yeah, m 
my timeline has been filled with Animal Crossing today. I don't even have the game. No, it... my beef is again with the other company. Actually, it's um my beef is with Braun Strowman. Hmm. His he's like doubling down on this. Stop telling. He's he needs to stop telling indie wrestlers to not be broke. Yeah, yeah. That that's a thing. Like, fuck off. Like, be more like John Moxley. Be more like Evil Uno. Evil Uno loves you. Evil Uno cares about you. Moxley also, but like in a different way. Because Mox is like donating money to indie wrestlers who aren't working right now. Lance Archer like called him out on his bullshit. Like, Eva Luna, again, cares about you and loves you. Can we talk about John Moxley's donations for a bit? Yes, because we need to talk about our favorite wrestling himbo. <laughs> so John Moxley goes to make a donation to, I think, it was WXW was doing the fundraiser. At least the one that I saw first. But he put in his own name. He then went back and changed it to an anonymous donation, but word had already gotten out of what he'd done. Because he's a himbo. <laughs> John Moxley is such a himbo, and I love him so much. He's amazing. Because th then you go back, to, like, to prove the himbo point, you go back to the time he said fuck on WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to the back, and one of the trainers is there. It's like, did you say fuck on TV? Like, I don't know. I don't think I did. <laughs> G gets to television the next night. It's like, okay, we, we got to pull you in and go over the tape. It's like, okay, I'm pretty sure I didn't say it. And it pulls up. Oh, I said fuck. Really clearly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a situation where anyone else immediately starts shitting themselves at the prospect of having screwed that up on live TV. And Mox is just like, nah, it's not that bad. Uh, no, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. it, it was either Bruce Pritchard or um, the other one. No, from, it was From Bruce. the Freebirds. I think it was Bruce. Probably. <laughs> uh, okay, so out, we're no longer in What's My Beef, but we are going to talk about Evil Uno some more. Okay. Because, like... An hour ago, Evil Uno retweeted someone who tagged him. Years ago, Evil Uno had a promo titled Kill Uno that was framed like Kill Bill. At the title screen, there were quotes attributed to wrestlers about Uno. One was, who is player Uno, attributed to Christopher Daniels. Fifteen years later, it feels like it finally had its payoff. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Okay, we're up to almost two hours on the record. So, Aaron, is that everything you wanted to talk about this week? I think that's everything I want to talk about this week. All right, that's everything I wanted to talk about this week. So, as we say around here, be gay, do crimes, bang.
don't want to be a harper in Cat's Discord, but I'm looking forward to this podcast episode from Aitsu. Instead of being an e-girl, I'm now an internet lass, and this is canonical. <laughs>